0: Please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children, but we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. The Apostle John declares if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Together we confess our sins. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sins and take away my guilt. Having confessed your sin, hear the good news of our salvation. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Dear children, your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. In the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Commanded us to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations. To fulfill this command, we ask you to clothe us with power from on high, your Holy Spirit, that we may carry the message of your resurrection to the end of the earth. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. lesson this morning is from Acts chapter 12. The description that's written there is not accurate. It's not about the Apostle or Paul's conversion. It's about Peter being released from prison and there was one witness who saw him at the door and at first nobody believed her. The power of one witness, she was telling the truth. You read, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left them. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches And from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with our psalm of the day, psalm 118. is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declared to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. This is the word of our Lord. Sing the verse of the day. The gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 24, and Scripture is its own witness, and for us, the greatest witness to the truth. We read, While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. seated for him one-sixty. Grace and mercy and peace are yours. They're yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Fellow believers in Him. It was quite the story when it was reported in the last 10 to 15 years. A Woman was jogging in northern Wisconsin along a busy road. I should say a 40 to 55 mile per hour road. It wasn't busy that morning. Just running, minding her own business, and a car pulls up alongside her, going the same speed she's jogging at. A man is driving. She has headphones on, her earpods in, and he's trying to motion to her, and he's trying to shout something over whatever music she's listening to as she's jogging. She first tries to ignore the guy. But he's persistent and the car keeps staying there that finally she looks up and sees what he's saying to her or motioning and immediately furrowed eyebrows look on her face. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. No idea what this is about. And she distances herself a little bit more from that vehicle. Honestly, I think that's exactly the way the world looks at Christianity. I think that's exactly the strangeness and the absurdity. Unbelievers, look at this religion that you and I are gathered here for today to grow in. This is strange. This is awkward. This is, I mean, can't you imagine exactly what that woman was thinking when that car pulled up alongside of her? I, I have no idea what you're here for. I have no idea where you've been. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea where you're going to take me if I climb in this vehicle. There is absolutely no way I am getting into that vehicle. Do you understand the kind of vehicle you've gotten into with Christianity? Do you understand where this thing has been? Do you have any understanding what's going on right now in the Christian church and the Christian world, generally speaking? Do you have any idea where this is? Do you even know who's driving this thing? Who's behind this whole thing? Well, you can understand from John the Apostle's perspective. He understands as the years are going to roll on and the time of the earth existence is going to go forward that people are going to have questions and concerns about these things because they're going to be further and further removed from all of those incidents that happened when Jesus Christ was on earth. And so John writes to you about those very things today to answer and address those questions. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. You're not aware yet, we haven't made it public, but the evangelism committee has been working behind the scenes, preparing uh, very well for the car show. We're trying to take it a step forward this year, and so we have different classes. We're going to put the cars in a different class than the trucks. We're going to have both of those separate. We're even going to have a classification for motorcycles. But with the cars and with the trucks, we're going to have three different types this year. We're going to have modern, we're going to have classic, and we're going to have antique. And the one thing distinguishing those three categories for cars and for trucks is time. For a modern vehicle, if you have a vehicle from the year 2000 to 2021, that's a modern vehicle. If you have a classic vehicle, it's gotta fall into the dates from 1980 to 1999. If you have an antique, that's anything from the year 1900 all the way to 1979, 79 years of vehicles, we measure things on the basis of origination. When it comes to Christianity or when it comes to a religion, don't you want one that goes all the way back? Why settle for a religion that was born only 500 years ago? Why settle for a religion that came about only 1,500 years ago? That's not good enough for me. I want a religion that goes all the way back to the beginnings of the earth, if not even before. That's exactly what Christianity is. That's exactly what these scriptures that you and I have, that God has given to us, they go all the way back to the moment time began. In fact they go all the way back to the God who is independent of time and was there before time began. The fascinating thing about that independent God who is greater than time and over time, he actually put a born-on date on himself. And he sent his son so that Jesus would be born in time and have an origination date. And as Jesus lived his life... He lived his life in such a way that there was no rust on anything he did. There was no decay on any portion of his life. And the scriptures make it very clear this is a big point that Jesus, when he lived his life, and from the beginnings of his life on earth, he limited himself. He did not use the full use of his glory and power. It belonged to him, but he didn't use it fully. In a way, he set it aside. Now, why is that so important? He set that aside so that Jesus could be measured and observed and judged by the standards of creation and time. Think about that. That's exactly what John is writing to you with this first verse. We looked at him, we heard him. Our human ears were able to hear the volume and the voice of the Son of God himself when he was on earth. And our human brains were able to process the words that he specifically used and came out of his mouth. We heard these things and processed them. We heard his sermons. We heard these parables firsthand. They came into our brain. We saw these things. Is the next one he said? now. That would be enough if somebody just said, we saw him. That's clear enough, exactly what John is saying, but that's not what he said. He said, we saw him with our eyes. Who says it like that? John, were you somehow thinking of using Peter's eyes to see Jesus? But he's making an emphatic point. We saw him With our eyes, he's being redundant. We saw them with the literal eyes that we personally had, that God gave us. And that's not even all. We looked at him. We saw his height. We saw his beard. We saw the smile that was on his face. We saw the way he walked along the road. We saw the way he conducted himself. We saw his posture. We saw the look in his face, the way he dealt with people. We we looked at all of these things. And it's really as if he investigated these things. And the final one that he says is we touched him. I think think John has in mind exactly the events that happened from our gospel lesson today. After the resurrection, we were in that upper room where Jesus held out his hands and he said, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and blood the way I do. And can you imagine John taking his finger and just putting it right over that and just being awed. When Thomas was there too, looking at these things in his side, maybe they were even willing to rub their fingers over the holes in his feet that were once there. Incredible. Eight times in these four verses, he uses these sensory verbs we heard, we saw, we looked at, we touched. Over and over again, he's saying these things to you today so that you see love is real. God's love for people came to earth and did the work the scriptures said he was going to do and Jesus did it all and fulfilled it. All of these things then from the scriptures that go back to before time, from the first day of creation, now to the first day of Jesus' life on earth, all the way through his life, to his death and to his resurrection, all of these things culminate so that now today in the year 2021, in this moment of your life, you would hear them and believe. I didn't finish the opening story. That man in the car pulled up alongside that woman and was frantically motioning and calling for that woman to get in the vehicle. And that woman was becoming more and more frustrated with him, thinking he was some kind of creep. Until he finally switched tactics and started pointing. And the woman finally listened and looked over her shoulder, and she saw it. When the DNR, along with the feds, released wolves in northern Wisconsin, one of those wolves was tracking her, And was getting closer and closer, gaining on her, and was about to pounce. And she quickly got in that vehicle, and her life was spared. She finally saw the danger and realized this man was offering her rescue. And she got in and didn't look back. Do you see what John is offering here? He's offering you the truth with the proofs of what he saw. He's offering you the truth of what really happened. And if this is true, if what John saw is true, if Jesus is true, if the scriptures are true, if salvation is true, do you know what else is true? So is your sin. So is my sin. As dangerous as it is for a wolf to chase somebody, or going back to Genesis 3, just as deadly and dangerous as a serpent coming after you, or from Peter, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. No matter what deadly kind of animal that's after us, the power of Satan comes from coming after us because of sin and not having an answer for it. You can't outrun sin. You can't invent some kind of way away from it. That woman jogging on the road, if that vehicle didn't come to rescue her, she would have been a goner. If you and I persist in sin and think the, and ignore the witness of the scriptures and of John, and you just keep running down that road the way you think you want to go, if you're going to persist in, in sinful lifestyles and go away from the Lord, the only proof you're going to find at the end of that road is that hell is real. And you're going to hear it with your own ears, the screams. And you're going to see it with your own eyes, if you can see through the darkest blackness of hell. And you're going to feel it and touch it with your own skin and fingers because you're going to be surrounded by fire. That's the last thing John wants for anybody. And so after these first opening four verses, John says what he himself did and what he invites the rest of the world to join him in doing. What's humbling about this is John includes himself in this. As an apostle, even though he had a different role than all of us, he never saw him different than any of us according to his sin. And so he wrote, if we confess our sins. He didn't say, if you guys confess your sins. He said, if we If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so he leads us to to turn away from these sins, to turn to the only rescue for sinners, the only vehicle of salvation God has provided. And he makes that clear in in the beginning of chapter 2 of 1 John. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice not only for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world. That's where it's at. John is adamant about this. Four times in these opening four verses he emphasizes this message. This is what he devoted his life to. This is what he wanted to go forth into into the world. This message We proclaim this proof to you. We testify about these facts to you. We proclaim to you the eternal life. We proclaim to you what we have heard and seen so that you may have fellowship. Fellowship is one of those neat churchy words that basically means to have a common interest to be joined together around a a commonality, a common thing, so that you're united around something. I mean, if you just take a second to look around at all of the differences here, differences of people, backgrounds, parenting, differences in education, differences in finances, differences in opinions, maybe even about politics, all kinds of differences here. But the one thing we came together for today, the fellowship that we have, is that we are united in Jesus Christ, And these scriptures. This is the fellowship we have. And when you look around, not just here, John invites you into this vehicle to climb in. And when you look around, look who else is here. There you have the Apostle John, right in the same vehicle, trusting this Savior, trusting these scriptures. You also have the Apostle Peter and James. You have all of the other apostles You have the Apostle Paul as well. And if you keep looking around, our fellowship isn't limited there. This is not just some earthly country club. If you look around here in this vehicle, you are united. You have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the one that John heard and saw and touched. And that's not all. Do you see who's driving this thing? Do you see who's been behind this plan from the very beginning? Our fellowship is with the Father. The whole goal of these teachings from the very beginning is to lift souls to God himself, to their heavenly Father in heaven. So that you see what's really yours by these scriptures. So that you would hear one day the sights of heaven. And you would hear the angels sing. So that you with your own eyes would be able to look and see and take these things in for yourself. So that one day you would be able to touch them and realize what glory truly is. Because heaven through faith in Jesus Christ is really yours. When these things are given to sinners. When sinners turn from sin and climb into the safety of these teachings about Jesus Christ. John admits he gets something from it. He gains something from this. Complete joy. John wrote this book near the end of his life. It wasn't necessarily right at the end of his life, but it's in the waning years of his life. And as he writes this, I I picture John, right or wrong, as kind of this grandpa figure. He was the oldest of the apostles, he lived the longest. I picture him as this grandpa figure that just dearly, desperately wanted the next generation of kids and the next generation after that of grandkids to stay faithful to the Lord Jesus, the one that he heard and saw and touched. I mean, what what do you think a grandparent gets when they see their kids and grandkids continuing this? What do you think a pastor gets when he sees people start out in the Bible information class on class one and they all start out a little bit skeptical and then by the end, just convinced. Certain of what Jesus has done on the basis of the scriptures. What do you think a pastor gets from that? Seeing the Holy Spirit work through all of those lessons. What do you think a parent is going to have when their kids stand here in two weeks from now, confessing their, their lifelong faith and commitment to their Lord Jesus Christ. It's complete joy. It's seeing the Word of God work and build people up and give them confidence. That's, what's, that's what John has wanted the whole time. That's what he's wanted to bring to people the truth. The proof of what he saw, he's wanted people to to have the power of sin stop in their lives that they would know love from God in Jesus Christ. He's just wanted to connect them to their Father in Heaven through faith in Jesus. Do you know what that means? All he's wanted then with these teachings is to pull alongside every single sinner as they run through this life and bring them on board. That's it. through these teachings, you would know exactly through Jesus Christ what's yours. Just envision what one day that's going to look like as John's joy is brought to completion where the word of God brings all of God's people together in that great day where heaven is packed with all of God's people, where the angels are singing, where the Lord Jesus Christ himself is at the center of it all and you get to see it for yourself and the Father right behind him. incredible joy we're all going to have with John because that's where this whole thing is going by these teachings climb in climb in trust them believe the Lord Jesus and heaven is yours amen please stand We confess our Christian faith with the Apostles' Creed. It's found on page 11, if you like. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. O Lord God, our strength, our song, and our salvation, you fulfilled your promises by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. Thanks be to God. In your compassion, you sent Christ, the Good Shepherd, who laid down his life to rescue the lost. Lift our eyes heavenward to see him who lives to make intercession for the saints, and grant us confidence in the greatness of his power. Keep before us the vision of your redeemed people standing before your throne and singing the song of victory. Make us instruments of your peace as we bring the good news of hope and new life to those around us. Guide us in the use of all that you have entrusted to us, our time, our talents, and our treasures. Merciful Lord Jesus, grant healing to the sick and strengthen the faith of the suffering and the dying. Assure them of your abiding presence and comfort them with the hope of eternal life. Hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petition. Gracious Father, you have restored to us the joy of your salvation. With happy hearts, we come before you and say, Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts that we may be strengthened in faith guided in holiness and comforted in life and in death through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God now and forever brothers and sisters go in peace live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Morning, everyone. Going to get this prep. We uh, first want to welcome our guests and visitors who are here with us. Glad you could come, and we'd love to keep celebrating Easter with you. Please come again. As far as announcements for today, we have a new Bible study. Mr. C is going to start one on Heaven and Hell in the uh, gymnasium. We also have a secondary Bible study in the commons. That's on the Book of Mark. I'll be teaching that one. Bible studies ongoing through this week. We had a really fun one on Song of Songs. Uh, on Thursday, some some good things to jump into if you're interested along the way. Um, those overall, Pastor Bodie I should mention is gone, left this morning for Michigan Lutheran Seminary. He's on the board of control, and they have board meetings. I don't know if they start tonight or tomorrow morning, but they have board meetings the next day or two, so he'll be gone for a few days. Uh, we do have uh, President Cock from. Men at Walk Lutheran High School, who's here to give a brief presentation. And then we also have video. President Cut.